Hey there, welcome to Take One, the daily Tafiomi podcast from Tablet Magazine. I'm your host, Leah Leibowitz. If you have no clue what a Dafiomi is or what it is that we're trying to do here, just go back and listen to our very first episode. Hey there, welcome back to Take One. Because we read a page of Talmud every day uh, of the week, and this is a podcast that only runs five days a week, today we are going to read two pages, Tractate Brachot, pages four and five. Page four starts with a really fascinating discussion about King David. And I asked my dear friend and my co-host on Unorthodox, the other podcast from Tablet Magazine, to join me and talk about this guy and his style. Hey, Stephanie Butnick. Hello. Thank you for welcoming me as a rabbinical expert, a Talmudic scholar, uh, which I am not, but I'm happy to be here. What is it like for you? I'm, I'm, this is a, a, an ongoing question I intend to ask anyone who's new, as new to this as I am. What is it like to you to read this page of Talmud? You sent me the link on Safaria, and you said, would you come in and talk? And I said, yes, of course, because, you know, I'm, I'm really interested in this project that you're doing. I think, you know, on our show, we talked to Adam Kirsch about the experience of reading Dafyomi as a as a non-necessarily, you know, orthodox Jew, as, as someone who is not, you know, necessarily who we think of as reading this or who this is for. And I actually was really inspired by the things he said and how it's sort of just about taking ownership of your Judaism. So I'm really proud of you for doing this. And I've as a result, I'm apparently getting sucked into it too. But I, I but I'm proud of you for doing this. I'm, I was I really liked your first episode where you really broke things down for us and and made made sense of all of this. And it was for me kind of a kind of a shock to 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 open the link you sent me and to basically read the text of the Talmud. I mean, obviously translated it into English, it's basically just like a legal document. Like the the wording of it is so it, it reminds me a little bit of the Haggadah, which is sort of the time where you right. the only time I think for a lot of Jews where you hear these you know we're doing this because of what has happened to me when I left the land of Egypt you know that language is somewhat unfamiliar to a lot of Jewish people, and this reminded me a little bit of it. But um, here's a, one of the little nuggets that I really liked the the phrasing of this. The Gemara asked if David knew, then why did he need the liar? The Gemara answers he needed the liar to wake him from his sleep. And just this idea of like what <laughs> this this actually Talmudic parsing of stuff is kind of hilarious because, you know, we throw around that word Talmudic all the time, but it actually means something quite different than I think a lot of us think it means. So I'm, I'm ready to get Talmudic with you. So this page begins with this great big discussion of King David, uh, who seems to be very, very concerned uh, that he might lose his place in the Olam in the world to come for some kind of sin he may cause in the future. The Hebrew is Shema Yigrom HaChet, that he might sin at some point in time. Now, we know King David as this somewhat Kaddish uh, guy. The Kaddish, the, not Kaddish, Kaddish, unfortunately. <laughs> this Kaddish guy who had a man killed in war just so he could claim his wife. We know him as a fierce warrior and here he appears as a very, very pious man, which struck me as kind of an interesting and very contemporary discussion about the nature of masculinity. How did you read this? 
I thought it was interesting because basically, you know, one said David's declaration of piety referred to his awakening during the night to pray, you know, the liar situation. And so said David before the Holy One, blessed be he, master of the universe, am I not pious? As all of the kings of the East and the West sleep until the third hour of the day, but although I am a king like them, at midnight I rise to give thanks. And so there is this preoccupation with, am I pious? Am I holy? Am I doing enough? And I think... To be honest, it's a lot like the reckoning a lot of a lot of men today are having, right? You know, am I am I a good person? Not to take this down a million notches from the biblical, but what if I do something bad? What if I slip up? And it almost reminds me in this sort of Me Too era that we're in, right? Which is actually when a lot of men are 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 taking stock of their actions. And though they may, might not be a Harvey Weinstein, maybe they did something five years ago that made someone uncomfortable. Maybe in college they did something that they now realize crosses a line. And so there is this sort of internal reckoning that if feels kind of actually familiar to hear David doing it. And he's obviously, I mean, we may have canceled him in, in our era for his past <laughs> behavior. He might have been the first man ever canceled. Well, you know, one, one of my favorite comments on, on biblical commentary comes from a British historian and philosopher who said, uh, if you want any reason to believe that these people actually existed, you just look at King David because no people in their right mind would write their kind of like canonical document and then portray such an incredibly flawed character as one of the central heroes. I mean, he has so many questions. He he says he's consulting some teacher who's some dude whose name I don't know, but he's saying like, Mephibosheth. did I? Yeah, what is it? Mephivoshet. Mephivoshet. I think that name should make a comeback among it, the kids born in 2020. Well, you know, you you Mephivoshet Butnik Cohen <laughs> could be a very lovely name for your future children. Just saying. That's your next podcast. And it's um, kind of unisex too. But I love this. Did I quit properly? Did I rule ritually pure properly? Did I? Like what he's asking all these questions, and part of it is he's saying he's not embarrassed to ask. And so I think that that capacity for introspection is important in a leader, right? Even if he has done all of these kind of icky things like killing a dude so he could sleep with his wife, um, causing lots of men to get very angry at him throughout his his various conquests. He's he's sort of wondering when he takes stock of of everything and when God takes stock of everything, where he'll where he'll fall. I think that's right on. And it also sort of leads into the next page. Brachot, page five, which is really this great big quest for spiritual healing. So basically, page five asks this age-old question of why do bad things happen to good people? Uh, and the rabbis offer all sorts of explanations. First of all, saying, well, if something bad is happening to you, if you're ill, don't think it's just random. Uh, examine your ways. Maybe you have sinned. Maybe you don't study Torah enough. But then if you seem to think that you're good spiritually, well, you should know uh, that maybe it's because God loves you. And it says, for whom the Lord loves, he rebukes, as does a father, the son in whom he delights. This is a quote from Michelet, which is kind of really interesting, right? You want your kid to succeed, and sometimes you have to punish your children so they may learn. And the rabbi say, well, this is just how God looks at us. Uh, and it's part of the reason why King David is so obsessed with this constant searching because he understands this this logic of divine love. But then in page five, the, the rabbis offer a radically different approach. Um, it tells a story of Rabbi Elazar being sick and Rabbi Yochanan coming to visit him. And Rabbi Yochanan is asking Rabbi Elazar, is your suffering dear to you? Basically saying, is this to you some kind of proof that God really loves you because you're suffering so much so clearly because you're a righteous person and have done nothing wrong? Uh, clearly, this is an indication that God loves you very much. And Rabbi Elazar said to him, I welcome neither the suffering nor its reward, which is kind of 
almost the opposite of King David's obsession, right? It's like, look, I know I'm very good, but let me just live here on earth without pain, and I'm fine without any divine rewards in the world. To I mean, this is basically the plot of succession. <laughs> the father, you know, the tough love and the sons who both want want approval and also don't care about approval. Look, I mean, what, what you were saying before reminds me of this very Christian idea that everything happens for a reason, right? And if you get sick, God, it's because it, God has a plan for everything. And I think that is frustrating. Also a very Jewish idea. Yeah, well, so I'm saying we don't really think of it necessarily as being something particularly Jewish. We we sort of, I think a lot of people, at least I do, brush that off as like, oh, well, I'll pray, you know, it's a very Christian thing. Um, and we sort of, we sort of, get around that, um, I think, in our daily lives. But as you're saying here, that's actually very much not the case, right? Suffering is is somewhat ordained by God in some larger way, it seems. It's, it's if his, I'm reading this, this, it's this his mumbo right to, jumbo correctly. <laughs> it's his right to ordain the suffering, and it's our right to say that we would rather do without it. There is a part in 5A that I really, really like. Um, and by the way, this Safario website is basically like Rap Genius, uh, but for, right. for Talmud. Um, you can like highlight and the, click the, through. The Talmud was there first. Talmud Genius. Um, I like this. I'm going to read the entirety of it because it's. I love the way this stuff sounds. I want to start talking like this. And that is the statement of Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish. As Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish said, the word covenant is used with regard to salt and the word covenant is used with regard to afflictions. The word covenant is used with regard to salt as it is written. The salt of the covenant with your God should not be excluded from your meal offering. With all your sacrifices, you must offer salt. And I think that's such a fascinating thing, this idea of salt and like, you know, even just like the salt in the wound, the idea that salt is so much part of the covenant, which is something we think of, you know, it's part of the Passover, it's part of the the tears, and that this covenant is a, is a difficult one, right? It's There's, the flavorful, bitter bind. Yeah, like a flaky Mal Moldova salt, right? right? Like we'll sprinkle it on top of our of our covenant. And so I think what these two pages are here to remind us is that even though we may sin in the future, even though we might have sinned in the past, even though we might have not sinned at all and still been subjected to great suffering. Um, our role is one and the same. Our role is to do as King David had done and constantly search and constantly try to see whether or not we are living up to the highest standard possible and also constantly empathize with those who are suffering. I mean, it's kind of perfect that this is, you know, it's January, whatever. It's, it's, it's the first days of January. That's a great message for me to take with with me throughout this year, right? Throughout this this first month of the year when we're all trying to be a better person. Um, obviously, I know your year starts in September, the Jewish year. Tishrei, as we call it. But yeah. <laughs> Tishrei. Um, but I like that we're starting off on a, on a real positive note. I actually have no idea where this goes from here, but I, I, I like that this is sort of like new year, new you. Yeah, where it goes from here, nothing bad ever happens to the Jews since. <laughs> no it's spoilers. Stephanie Butting, thank you so much. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Magazine. If you enjoyed this show, please go rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly section of Reading Daf Yomi. I'm your host, Leah Leibowitz. Our producer is Josh Cross. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash take one or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic, and we'll see you again soon. Mm -hmm.